Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, game day is within sight. It's the Red Raiders and Murray State coming up Saturday night from Jones Stadium. And our friend Chris Level had the opportunity to sit down with Tech head coach Joey McGuire. We'll discuss takeaways from that conversation dead ahead on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech. Your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Glad to have you along for the ride once again on Locked On Texas Tech. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day and thanks to our friends at betonline.net for bringing you this game day weekend episode check out our friends at bet online where the game starts and the game truly starts coming up saturday night from jones stadium it's tech and murray state and of course as a part of the weekend ceremony here in west texas it's the joey mcguire radio show which our good friend chris level is the host of and chris it was a conversation that, as you would expect with Joey McGuire by this point, included electricity. I don't know where brick walls are within the vicinity of any Joey McGuire conversation, but they're in danger. There are West Texans just running through brick walls left and right. I feel like whenever Coach McGuire's on the airwaves, did you feel that? Hard not to just feel good about where this thing's going when you're around him, man. I mean, he's just excited. Uh, you know, he, this is just who he is. I mean, he gave an impassioned speech tonight to the crowd about just just begging them to be there and, and supporting what, what he's been trying to put together. Uh, but I, I can tell that talking season is nearly over with and they're ready to kind of get this thing going and start these games because I think he wants to see how tough his team is, how good his team is. And I think he feels like Murray State will give him a, a nice little test to open things up. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, one way or another, you are going to find out some things uh, Saturday night whenever the racers are on the eastern sideline there. For better or worse, I mean, sometimes you wonder if the ball game is going to be interesting and you think, well, if it's interesting, it may be bad news for the home team. But I think that's really more of a fan perspective because clearly from a coaching staff perspective, there's still competitions that are continuing into week one. And they're just gut checks as and when the lights come on, what's the response like? I would think for everyone involved, and that may include some of the coaching staff as well, right? Yeah, you know, and I, I think you, you you hit on it when you say you're not real sure if the game will be, like, interesting or, or whatever because I just go to one of the games in the Big 12 tonight. Oklahoma State was up on Central Michigan 51-15 to with 14 to go in the third. Final score, 58-44. So it wasn't interesting, and then it was. So, Fire up, yeah. chips. <laughs> That's right. Got to give it That's to right. him. Showing some heart tonight. That's right. Uh, yeah, as as BJ Simmons said on the, on the old Twitters, uh, this Oklahoma State defense is sus. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, there you go. But uh, yeah, I, I think uh, I, I think you're right. I think that that they want to see kind of if they know what they really know about their team. But he, he was just, he's just genuinely excited. I think this is a dream come true. We've, we've talked about this and he, he's now ready to kind of just see the, he, he told me that he sent, he has sent his wife and their family group text. 
he felt like well over a hundred videos of the masked rider running out of the of the tunnel and everything like that. Just like that he's found on YouTube, and he just watches them over and over. See, that that's got to get you the, the the hairs on your arm standing up, doesn't it? I mean, I'm doing that this morning, and it's the <laughs> same one that probably everyone watches about a million times. But it's good to know that the guy at the top. It's doing some of the same thing. And you know what? I didn't even send it out to any family members. So I'm like <laughs> a bad Red Raider. Coach McGuire is dispersing it at least amongst the group text. I mean, I really understand at this point that you get to the time where you kind of feel like, all right, the energy is great and the energy was real, but it was off-season energy. And now you transition into a, a different kind of energy, right, where you've actually got to get on the field and prove it. And it's also not just getting on the field and proving it like you show up to the cubicle and prove that you can earn the paycheck. It's get out there and physically inflict your will upon another grown man in a violent, violent way. I mean, I can only imagine what the guy is feeling uh, as you're getting ready for the first weekend as the head coach. Yeah, you get away with words, man. That's right. <laughs> Violet on, on another grown man. That's right. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and some of the other things that we got into with him, I, I think his, his relationship with Kenny Perry, who was also there, the associate head coach, and he's a running backs coach and special teams coordinator. Uh, he, I, I will tell you, he did tell me, probably going to go with both kickers. Uh, you got one that's got a, you know, and, and Trey Wolf that, that bombs away, that, but Gino Garcia also kind of the short, shorter guy that uh from, from a distance standpoint so that that was kind of fascinating and they love those running backs i i think that mm -hmm. that is something that we already kind of knew but when you hear them talk about it the head coach and the position coach they're really going to lean on those two i'm talking about taj brooks and uh and Sir thompson uh they they both told me that they would either be home video gaming or basketball and if they weren't sitting there with me uh, tonight, but uh, but but yeah, I just I think those guys are maybe going to be kind of the one proven commodity that you roll into the season with that you just on offense specifically, and I think we'll see a, a heavy dose of those guys Saturday night. No doubt, they were on as I've alluded to uh, here this week on Locked On Texas Tech uh, within the top two of my list of positional group rankings as it relates to just preseason confidence because. You know so much about what you're going to get out of those two guys, and you have to think, and, and maybe by think, I mean hope, Chris, that that's going to take some pressure uh, off of a guy in Tyler Shuck who we know has has got the potential, has got the capability, but I would imagine probably does need and could benefit from you know some period of reacclimation after you go down with an injury and miss the time that he did. And I can't think of anything better, really, in the history of football uh, to slow down guys coming at your quarterback to decleat or decapitate him than a ground game that makes everyone just slow a step as far as what you're accounting for defensively. Yeah, you know, and Casey, I think that both guys, talking about the head coach and then the position coach and Coach McGuire and Coach Perry, they, they both mentioned that these two guys are really complete. And what I mean by that is, they're they're really as good at blocking and doing some of that dirty work stuff as they are carrying it. And I think mm -hmm. that's when, you know, Kenny Perry was like, man, I automatically, when I showed up here, I became one of the best running backs coaches in the league, if not the country, just because <laughs> of, of these two guys. But I, but I think people forget about that. They think it's just toting the rock, but you got to right. be able to catch it. But it's really pass pro and some of those things that you don't think about because 
at that point, I don't have to take you off the field right. if we're going to do certain things. We can leave you on the field. You're versatile. You can do all the things. And, and it was fun to hear those guys talk about how good Cameron Valdez had looked before he kind of got dinged up and uh, Bryson Donnelly. Uh, you know, who's another young guy who's kind of third string right now, and even Nehemiah Martinez and Xavier White, who may get some some carries and, and some different things uh, uh, back there in the backfield. But I, I they lit up, and I, and I tell you, Joey said something about Sir Roderick that was funny because he dropped an amen, and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm perking up here. He's like, back in the <laughs> spring, we, we really talked about playing really hard for the guy to the right of you and to the left of you, and you heard all these things. He goes, but I go through this really this speech to these kids. And I hear Sir Roderick, who's fairly close to me, go, amen, coach. And he said, I knew at that point when he said that, I was like, okay, I've got him. He's going to play hard. He's all in with what we're trying to do. And he's been smiling ever since. And so uh, that's the one thing Sir Roderick is guilty of. He just smiles all the time. And it's not a bad thing. But uh, I uh, I love it. And that kid's, that kid's hit Pater 33 times, man, in his career. 33. That's pretty high on the old uh, all-time school list. I asked him what his favorite one was, if one stuck out. He tells me about one versus Lamar. I'm like, okay, I don't even remember playing Lamar hardly, but that was the very, <laughs> that was the very first one. So that's why that one sticks out. But uh, All right, yeah. that makes sense. And we'll, <laughs> yeah, check, we'll yeah. check the statistical archives, Chris, but I'm not sure you did play against Lamar, so you may not be wrong. Uh, that <laughs> that's what he said. I'm like, I don't remember Lamar. Yeah. <laughs> We've all got our reasons, I suppose. Uh, sounds like a guy that's riding for the brand. And I want to talk about some other guys that are taking to heart that very thing, riding for the brand. Next on Locked on Texas Tech. Red Raiders, it's never okay to drive stoned. If you're feeling different, you're driving different. If you've been using marijuana this fall, don't get behind the wheel. Unless it's one of those wheels where you buy a valve from Vanna. I can hear you asking yourself now, What's the worst that can happen? You drive below the speed limit, no big deal, right? Wrong. If you're driving high, you get a DUI or worse. Stay safe, Red Raiders. Thanks for joining us on Locked On Texas Tech. I'm Casey Cowan with Chris Level. Football season upon us. Season's greetings, friends and neighbors, as it's Texas Tech and Murray State coming up Saturday night from Jones Stadium. Just a moment ago, we were wrapping up a conversation, talking Joey McGuire, talking running backs, talking riding for the brand. Apparently not just a catchy YouTube tagline, Chris, because whether you're talking about guys like that group of running backs or a veteran defensive backfield I want to get into here in our next conversation, it sounds like we're talking about a roster. sounds like we're talking about a locker room. Sounds like maybe we're talking about a program that is buying into whatever Joey McGuire is selling, riding the brand or however you want to define it. I'm sensing some belief, at least early on, as we're uh, heading into week one. Yeah, you know, I, I asked him tonight about his love for recruiting, and that's really what that is. He's he's not just recruiting high school players or kids from the portal. He's recruiting his own kids and players to buy into his belief. You know, uh, a little bit before the show started tonight, he said, hey, man, I just got off the phone with Matt Rule. It's one of his mentors. You know, but but everything he does is for a purpose. And and I think that, again, it's 
but but with with Joey, it's not used car salesman feeling like which a lot of salesmen or or whatever. When you can just kind of tell, yeah, man, I don't know. It seems very genuine. And I think that's why you know people and players, current and and future, have just bought in and they believe. I don't know what that's worth on the scoreboard, but I'm telling you right now, it's worth something. It's worth something when they talk about playing really hard and playing for each other and all those things because listen to them talk about it. Um, and, and and there'll come a time when there's some adversity and you'll kind of it'll get tested. And I'm kind of fascinated to see kind of how Joey and his staff handle it and how these kids handle it when they get you know on the road and it and it's tough. Maybe in Raleigh or next week versus Houston when it when it's here. Heaven forbid it, it's Saturday night versus Murray State. But you get what I'm saying. Adversity is <laughs> around the corner, and I'm, I'll be fascinated to hear how or see what they do with it. But I think to your point, Casey. I mean, they they've all bought in to his message and you know, I mean, it, it's, it's just been kind of fun to see them get excited as much as the fans be excited. No doubt about it. And adversity is as much a part of this game as the ball is because every week you're going to face adversity and the team that responds to it uh, in the, in the healthiest way, the most fruitful way typically is going to have the advantage. I just think there are questions about what type of adversity and how much of it are you creating for yourself? But you can bet your bottom dollar there's going to be adversity every week. So who's going to respond to it whenever you get punched in the mouth? Uh, to quote Mike Tyson, is going to be the one that that has some sort of advantage there. And as we were talking about a moment ago, Sir Roderick Thompson and buy-in from some of these athletes and some of these guys actually on the roster uh, gives me a great opportunity to uh, invite all of our Locked On Texas Tech listeners to check out the most recent Black Label radio episode, search for it anywhere you get your podcasts, had an opportunity to visit with two of Joey McGuire's defenders and Marquise Muddy Waters and Adrian Fry. And the thought of buy-in, I mean, it was in surplus when listening to the comments from those two guys. And particularly to me, Chris, a guy like Adrian Fry, who has spent the amount of time on campus that he has and has seen the coaching staffs not just the head coach, but the assistants. And I mean, person, everyone involved with the program change to the tune that he has. When you hear the way that they talk about kind of the mental workshop that they've gone through this offseason, as it relates just to the belief that you can win, the belief that you belong, and the belief that there's really nothing less than that that you should expect. I mean, again, the brick wall near me was not safe when we were having those conversations because. I really did get a feel uh, as to how it relates to not just what you're doing on the football field, but clearly how Joey McGuire would like for, I think, his players to represent themselves uh, when they're not in his football program anymore. So you might say that that I was dyed in the wool to a degree. I don't know if I'm giving a pitch now or what, but it was palpable. And I think that's something that clearly anybody wants to start with, but not every football team gets to start with. Uh, whenever the first quarter begins. Yeah, and, and and Fry is a program guy. You know, he's seen a lot. He's played for, you know, multiple coordinators now and, and multiple head coaches, and he's been here. He's kind of grown up, uh, I think, because there was a time when he was pretty good, and then there was a time where it's like, man, I don't, I don't know if he's the player that we, we thought he would be or he hasn't maybe progressed, but I think he's still here, He's and he, he's likely to be a starter. Uh, but I think it's fun to watch those kids kind of from where they've come from and just really grow up. And you, you hope for somebody like that, 
that it works out for him. He stays healthy and has a productive season. But but that group, you know, we, we talk about running backs, you know, and we have, and that's maybe one of the strengths of your offense because it's it's one the one place where you don't have any questions. I would say that's the that's the strength on that defense, and maybe the entire team, just because there's so many options back there and experienced options. And you know, you you because I, I think last year when I was on the sidelines in Austin and Muddy Waters. He kind of reached out for a tackle and his arm kind of got caught behind him. And, you know, you could tell something's not right. And he goes down and Tyler Shutt goes down within five minutes of real time, you know, lifetime or whatever uh, at the same time. And, and the game just kind of got sideways. It was it was ugly. But I would tell you on each side of the ball, those are those were probably two the two most important guys on either side of the ball. And, and Muddy is just because I, I think he's an NFL guy. Casey, I think he's got a chance if he'll have a good year and kind of make some plays and put it on film that I think he's got a chance to to, to be in the NFL next year. And, you know, it, uh, hopefully for those guys, they really get to wrap this thing up right because they care about defense around here now. Yes, they that's, do. Yeah, and so I think those guys are a big reason for it. You know, aside from those two, uh, you think about some of those other guys within that group. Now, it's part of what I asked them. Hey, I love so many of you guys from a personnel standpoint, but how often are you all going to be on the field? I mean, only time will tell, and it'll be it'll be case by case. But clearly, you think about the conversation that you might begin, uh, as a matter of fact, with Reggie Pearson. I mean, coming off of a, a, a splash appearance there in the bowl game. And I'll tell you what, it, it took all of about two seconds within the regular season last year to see on display what we heard about him with the within the offseason, and that was uh, him existing basically as a sledgehammer in cleats. I mean, the dude is is physicality walking, the funeral director, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, cue the Undertaker theme, man. Yeah, I mean, this just yeah, ring, ring, gong the, the the gongs, you know, that we're, we listen to. Yeah, I mean that. I, in fact, it was funny because I asked Joey, he's like, best nickname on the team. He's like, funeral director. I mean, come on, it's easy. And he's like, I like Rabbit, too. I like J- I like J-Boog, you know, for Jalen Hutchings and all that. But, yeah, funeral director, are you kidding me? I remember when I talked to uh, uh, Reggie earlier in the week, and he had talked to some other media and all that stuff. And he's almost kind of timid about the funeral director, almost like, eh, should I, is this that? I'm like, dude, lean into it, man. <laughs> lean, lean into it, brother, because that, that that's one of the best nicknames I've ever heard for – uh, an athlete and it he didn't give it to himself i think other maybe his dad did or somebody but yeah and he he he's kind of like reminds me of Dwayne slay from the standpoint of you got to watch out for those targeting penalties got to watch out for the old targeting man yeah you sweating you wiping off your wiping off I'm your just, brow. there's so yeah. much to take into account if anybody's reminding you of the big 12 defensive player i know and, and I, year, yeah. I mean be careful there but you know what i right mean. Oh, I know exactly what you mean. And it's, I mean, it's a real part of the conversation now. How do you, how do you play defense uh, in an intelligent way, yet still being physical and trying to make the other guy uh, fear for his wiz- uh, physical well-being? Not in an injury way, but they need to know that there's a price to pay for coming to this spot on the football field or, or trying <laughs> right. this position on the opposing defense. That used to be a thing within football. There was physical harm that served as a deterrent for offensive players. Gather around the fireplace, kids. I'll tell you about a different time within <laughs> football when it wasn't just a creative tripping contest on the run like they're trying to make it into. But what I do like, Chris, is erring on the side of physicality. And even though you're no, you know there'll be some of those moments where there's frustrating calls that relates to that physicality, 
I believe the guys in that tech defensive backfield are erring on the side of orchestrated controlled violence. That's the vibe I'm getting. Are you? Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, I, I'm watching the West Virginia pit game earlier and I think one of, there was a key, there was a targeting call. They waved it off and the announcers say something about, well, that's a win for football, but you know, you, you, I do hope that a lot of guys back there, because money can bring it, you know, I, I think uh, Tyler Owens can bring it. Uh, you know, we've talked about Reggie, and and I, I hope I hope there is a level of, you know, playmaking back there, uh, and not just with the hard hits and, and all these things. But, sure. you know, we've talked about that with Coach DeRuiter and the interceptions, and that that's kind of where you're going to see – if their scheme is working and if they're doing kind of what they, they want to do and confusing the quarterback and having them throw it to you a little bit, but uh, I'm excited about that group, man. And that's certainly one of the groups. And, and I'm really curious to see how deep they want to go. We yep. can talk about, you know, all, all these options, but when, when the rubber meets the road, I mean, how, how deep do they want to go? Because I, I get the sense that that's a group that really can go deep and you're not going to see much drop off at all. And that will spill over into special teams as well. Because there's far too often around here where you've had, you know, third string wide receivers and just non-defensive players on special teams because you just didn't have the depth or the talent. And when your defense is really good and deep, it spills over into special teams and there, there's a win there. So I'm hoping that we see some of that, too, because those guys and that's why Keon Blakenbaker, I mean, he was a he's a special team stud. You know, the kid out of Wyoming that, that transferred here is just a senior. So that that's where we should see quite a bit of him. Man, and you want to talk about teams that play above their talent level or their win-loss record might reflect something above their talent level. It's a team that's great on special teams and has some of those things bleeding over into some of those hidden yardage and, and field position battles and big play battles, obviously, when you're talking about the return game. So I would love to see some of what you're describing there come to fruition. And you're talking about some of the depth, five DBs with 20 or more starts. I saw, what was it, 154 FBS starts uh, spread out over eight different players. They won't all get all the minutes. We'll see what kind of cream kind of rises to the top and, and how the rotation is sorted out. I wanted to ask you, though, before we move on, Chris, uh, about uh, the aforementioned Muddy Waters, because he does kind of seem like one of those flex guys that maybe can provide something uh, within the box in a certain circumstance, but uh, also is there in the defensive secondary as far as what he can do in coverage. How, how do you kind of project him maybe uh, being utilized in Tim DeRuiter's system? Yeah, I, I, th I think that as they've kind of figured out what what they've got and who's good at what, I think they like him close to the line of scrimmage a lot of the time and, you know, and, and run support. He's clearly a hybrid type player, uh, but he's not in good as good in coverage as maybe some of the other guys, but I think he's a lot better in in short yardage and some of the runs type stuff as a, as an extra DB or safety or, or whatever, but you're right. There's some, there's some versatility there. He's got a big voice. You know, when he speaks, I think people pay attention because he's so old and I think he's such a good player. Um, but I, I, yeah, I'm kind of fascinated to see kind of what, what that looks like with him because I don't want to say he's like even close to a linebacker, but I, I do think that they, they like him up closer to the line of scrimmage uh, more often than not. But and that may open some things up for some of the other guys, maybe in some of the you know third and long type scenarios too. Yeah, and I can tell you from my conversation with him, 
he wants to say he's like a linebacker. That mentality, <laughs> that mentality is. He says a lot there. of things. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Between the years of Muddy Waters, and, and he's another guy like Tyler Shuck, who's I'm I'm sure just itching as much as anyone on the roster to get back on the field after such a, a limited spell in uh, the season gone by. I, I hope that we're talking about a playmaking defense, whether it's turnovers, disruption, tackles for loss quarterback sacks any of those things cover up again for a multitude of sins otherwise as a team so i hope that that is going to be the case chris we're going to let you slide on out of here as we will uh, be back with some parting thoughts and shots facts and factors as it relates to texas tech and murray state real quick before we're done here today coming up next but we'll next visit with you chris following the ball game coming up saturday night want to invite our locked on texas tech viewers and listeners to keep watch following game number one as we'll have some post-game conversation and coverage for you right here on Locked on Texas Tech on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcast. So Chris, until then, man, enjoy the week and uh, glad we're back to game day. Yes, sir. We'll visit with you soon. Coming up next, Locked on Texas Tech is rolling on. Tech and Murray State facts and factors to wrap up the week ahead on Locked On Texas Tech. Thanks so much for joining us on Locked On Texas Tech. I'm Casey Cowan. Back for one more quick hitter as we're getting ready for Texas Tech and Murray State coming up Saturday night from Jones Stadium. Facts and factors for your viewing or listening pleasure. It is an FCS matchup on tap from the Jones this weekend, Texas Tech and Murray State of the Ohio Valley Conference. The Red Raiders since 1978, 25-1 in such matchups. 19 consecutive wins for Texas Tech going back to 1988. 12th time in 16 years the Red Raiders have faced an FCS foe. Yikes. 56-16. to 16. The average margin from 2010 to 2019 for Texas Tech over those FCS opponents. And Tech, during that same time period, mostly stunk. Goes to say what exactly these matchups represent. Does it not? Hoping personally that this will be one of those final few Power 5 versus football championship subdivision non-conference matchups that we have to stomach but i know for some time at least as a texas tech fan barring some change there will be more to stomach to come 2023 through 2027 featuring the likes of abilene christian tarleton state arkansas pine bluff and what is it all for exactly i'm not quite sure tougher to get good work for the coaching staff tougher to get good work for the team, are fans getting the bang for their buck? Likely not. Subsidizing football championship level athletics departments? Possibly. But who is the onus actually on? Where does responsibility lie whenever it comes to keeping some of those athletics departments fiscally solvent? Does it lie with a Power 5 football program charging their fans? full ticket price to view these matchups in order to keep Tarleton State alive? Maybe you think the answer is yes, and maybe you're right. I would disagree. 
the day that these FCS matchups go away will not come too soon. Thankfully, it's right out the gate for the Red Raiders this time around. You get it over with, and then it's on to real fur flying. Top 25 opponents waiting for Texas Tech on the other side of this one against Murray State. Coming up after Locked On Texas Tech, we hope that you will make your second listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, the ultimate pro football preview 2022. It's an eight-episode extravaganza to get you primed and ready for the NFL season. We've got local team experts at the Locked On Podcast Network, plus betting angles from Lee Sterling of Locked On Bet. You're here for that action. That's where it's at. All combining into one ultimate NFL preview. So search for Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or anywhere you get your podcast. And stay tuned. Coming up this weekend, Locked on Texas Tech will have game day coverage for you. Post-game conversation, as I mentioned, with Chris Level coming your way again on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcast. So we'll see you on the other side of Game 1, Tech and Murray State. Coming up Saturday night from Jones Stadium. For the only Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan. Thanks for joining us for Locked On Texas Tech.